Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune in to Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Welcome once again back to Block Talk USA Radio. We're so excited to be right back here again on Marvelous Monday. And I know that everybody's all raring and ready to go. I can hear that Dr. Hagney is raring and ready to go. He's ready to talk about what's going on in our community. Good evening, Dr. Hagney. How are you? Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. We, we, we missed you on last week, so I know you have a lot of updates coming through for oh, us. Yeah. But oh, before yes, we get yes. going. Yes, before we get off to it, Dr. Hagney, I just want to remind everybody out there that on tomorrow, for those of you that did not get out there for early voting, tomorrow is voting day in Texas. If you're in Texas, tomorrow is voting day. If you're in Virginia, tomorrow is voting day in a lot of places. So for all of those that are listening around the nation, don't forget to get out there to vote if you did not get an opportunity to do that during early voting. And as we know here in Texas, we have we only have resolutions. They call this a, this voting time, uh, Dr. Hagner, they call it a sexy voting time where we actually are just voting on various and sundry propositions. And so uh, I don't know if Patrick Cooper, hopefully he and Mr. Arthur will be coming in uh, tonight. So we are going to, once we get uh, off to you and let you bring us up to date on what's going on in the COVID world and a couple of things that I was in a meeting with on yesterday about some uh, things going on in the nation uh, and in the world in regards to uh, treatments for COVID-19. So we're going to bring us all up to date on that. And then we want to take each one of those uh, resolutions and go down the line one by one and just kind of dialogue on them and talk about them and see where we are from that. So I'm going to mute out, put, put on mute, Dr. Hagney, and if you will go ahead and give us your update on everything that's going on in the COVID world and the vaccination world and, and the fact that we, we got our boosters going and coming. And so I'll turn it over to you, Dr. Hagney. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. It's really good to be here and, uh, uh, discussing the vaccine and COVID. Uh, there, first of all, I always start off with saying there, <clears throat> there have been some like 740,000 lives lost through this COVID. Uh, the numbers, you know, uh, 72,000 per day, but looking at the numbers going down, um, there's some like a 58% reduction, uh, those diagnosed per day, um, back in September, it was something like 172,000. Now is less than it's down to 72. So it, 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 it's good. It's moving uh, in the, the right direction, but we have to keep our guard up because we recognize and know what this, uh, this uh, Delta virus is doing. But also, um, when we look at uh, what's really exciting, the boosters are out there, uh, pharmacies have them, uh, most places have them. So uh, I've, I've even seen an uh, attitude change to a certain extent improvement for towards the boosters. So, uh, we just need to get, get out there. The availability is there. There's not a lack of supply. 
uh, it's very important, the partnership. I'm amazed. I'm excited by the partnerships that are occurring because there are groups who are coming to us asking for assistance because, as you well know, we focus uh, to a certain extent in, in rural areas. There are groups who really want to reach the rural areas. They are calling by partnerships and everything. So I just have a good feeling uh, where we are, but we not we don't need to let our guards down. Uh, we need to continue. There are a lot of, still a lot of misinformation out there. So we need to keep the factual information moving forward. Uh, thanks to yeah. some of the mandates and some of the corporations and everything. Everything's happening a lot. So it's, I just have a good feeling where we are. We don't let our guard down and just keep moving forward and, start, and keep partnering with each other and communicating and, and take care of each other. That's, that's beautiful, Dr. Hackney. Let me let me throw something in, uh, Dr. Hackney. That was outstanding. We needed that because you're right. Uh, first of all, I like the fact that you plugged in that uh, pharmacy and pharmacy school. So, And I was going to do a plug for <laughs> – I loved it. I was going to actually do a plug for uh, engineering as well. Uh, so pharmacy, engineering, those are some strong areas where uh, employment is needed. Uh, I think about uh, even within our city here in the city of Tyler and how we need engineers. So you're absolutely correct. And so I still plug and go to the next level that if, in fact, you're in the med- any form of the medical profession, whether it's a physician, yes. nurses, and all, because it's so needed everywhere. We're so short Dr. Agni, of nurses and physicians, people who uh, can work in the hospitals and take care of the patients. And and you're right, our numbers are coming down, but we still cannot let our guard down. So I I appreciate your saying that, that we have to keep it going. But let, let me just share with you, and I, I don't know, the other gentlemen haven't come in yet. I just sent them uh, text messages, and Ms. Rihanna will be coming in later on. But, uh, but there are – oh, there you are. Hey, uh, <laughs> My fraternity brother is there. How you doing, Mr. Arthur? Hi, how y'all doing tonight? We're doing great. You can just jump in and join in with us. I don't know what time Pastor Cooper is going to come in, but as I I mentioned, Dr. Hagney, that we want to uh, we want to analyze these uh, resolutions that uh, that are on the ballot on tomorrow, especially for those who have not gotten out there to the polls to vote. We want to make sure that they do because there's some that we just have to absolutely vote against. So, um, but but there are some people that are still in doubt about uh, they think uh, dr hagney that that this uh, these vaccines were done quickly they don't think about the fact that people were working on these vaccines 24 hours a day 7 days per week yes. every single week until those things came out so if you look at the at the number of hours that have been spent on vaccines and then compare them to the fact three or four or five years that it takes to to get them they rushed everything straight through now there there was a gentleman a doctor last night that says he just doesn't trust them uh that he um that uh, that it happened too quickly they didn't do enough research on them and so forth but but he came back and he said but but dr mckellar let me tell you about this treatment this ivermectin this study and and we know that ivermectin uh, as dr hagney has already told us we know that that's given for worms but uh, but for animals that have worms and so but it's interesting to me that they can accept that brief research but they cannot accept 24 hours a day seven days a week for months on end that scientists did on this vaccine 
It would never make sense to you unless you link it up to the to the larger uh, uh, racial situation that we're in. It's all tied yes, together. It doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. If you, you're right. It don't make sense. You just try to stop and think about it. <laughs> it does not make sense. And we, we have no, to set politics aside. Yeah, we have to set all. No, you got to put the politics no, I, in I, it. I know the race. I know the race. Well, go yeah, ahead. Tell, yeah. tell me. You know, well, we, it, well, you know, what do we have to do? You know, Pastor Cooper said something. You got to put it in that context. That's what I'm saying. You got to, it will never make sense. If you're just looking at it from a, well, you know, common sense, everyday mm-hmm. person. Ha- no. Look at it like mm-hmm. that. It, it will never make sense. I want you to bang your brain. You know, Pastor Cooper said something that, uh, a couple of weeks ago about, you know, like we said, something doesn't make no sense. <laughs> We've got to not, you know, if it doesn't make sense, we're going to have to just move on from that. Because, you know, that, you know, just back to sure. you, you mentioned you're a physician and medical school, and then you're talking about the adults that just say that while enough research put into vaccines, I think this is a physician right. talking to med school, and then he turned around endorsing uh, a warm medication that the adults that, 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 that's, that's all that, see, it, no, it, just, it just, doesn't, just doesn't connect. Now, I, I don't want to say this, but I, you know, I, I really have concern about, no, I guess I shouldn't say this. <laughs> but, you know, my patient is taking care of. Yeah, I'm just going to be frank and honest with you. That's right. how the well, well, that's why I really don't cry. And he's 87 years of age. He's still oh, okay. working. And, and, uh, and, 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 and so, and, and, and even though he was supportive of me 100% when I ran for city council, I approached him in his office, in his yard while I was knocking on doors, right? And he's mm-hmm. been my tight, we've been friends ever since. But, but mm-hmm. he rides with, with a, a, a Trumpster sign in his, in his oh. uh, vehicle. Right. And well. so, and, and that's it. but, but, but I, I love him as a person. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's it, you know, as an individual. Yes, sir. Sure, there will be another one that another uh, another one that don't make sense. Uh, this whole attack on a, a woman's body, you know, you know, and her right to choose, it, yes, it don't make no sense. But if you look yes, at sir. it in the context again of the <clears throat> change of demographics, if the reality of it is, if white folks could, they would just stop white women from having abortions, and they would yeah. pay minorities to have them. Now, that's how yeah. it would be if they could do it like that. But they can't do it like yeah. that because they have to. You know, have the patina of moralism of wanting the you know the kids you know you know kids born and so forth. But that's not what mm-hmm. they're doing, and that's why it don't make sense. But but if you look at it in the context of again, because you know they don't want to do the racism stuff. So if you look at it in context of racism, they say, well, y'all are always talking about racism. Well, you are, well you know y'all are always doing racism. So based on just saying that, uh, if you look at it in that context, then it makes sense. Otherwise, it don't make sense. I always, I, I, but then I tell my white brothers and sisters that if, if you all help us to work on racism, we could probably eradicate some racism. But go ahead. Well, well you know, we can't. We, Eric, uh, 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 here, you know, the the the, the mantra through the, through the through the years has been, uh, the black man is the white man's burden, <clears throat> right? We the white man's burden. No, y'all our burden. 
We don't want to be in burden. So you know, they, they, they reverse that part. We don't want to be in burden by racism. I we can't cure it. We can't cure it someday. I mean, we, we can't cure them of, of that. You know, they got to do that themselves. They got to want to do it. Sure, sure, sure. Well, it don't make sense. we know that it doesn't make sense. And but but I but I I was thrown off a little bit to hear him say that that our that the vaccines have not been approved. Uh, Dr. Hagney, he said that they're still on the emergency usage that they have not been approved and uh and I thought that they had been and um and then but he then he gave me this layout of he could order now the one thing that I did agree with him on and that is that we we're overpriced on drugs and that's always been that way pharmaceutical and Dr. Hagney knows this better than probably the rest of us the price that we pay for drugs uh, and I'm talking about medication in this country is astronomical. Prices like two and three and four thousand dollars for cancer drugs and this drug and that drug, uh, you know, it, it's re- it's ridiculous. So that's well, what well, I agree with him on. Go ahead. Once again, let me tell you something that don't make sense. It don't make sense that all of most of our black lives we have trouble getting health care. And then as soon as we turn 65, we all of a sudden we find ourselves with a bag full of medicine. Don't make sense. <laughs> no, you're right. And, and that bag full of medicine is the same medicine for almost every black person, right? Every person of color. In particular, every black person. You know, when, get, when everybody gets together, look here, once you get past 65, you get together and you be comparing medicine. Well, what you taking? What you got? You know, so I'm just saying. <laughs> what do you What do you have in your bag? Huh? Yeah, uh huh. You know what you got in your bag? You're you know? right. You're right. Don't make sense. Don't make sense. I've though, noticed. Is my that. point. And, and I be telling I, folks, hey y'all, that they start, you know, they start pimping you. They start doing a drug dealer thing on you. Once you hit, you know, get that Medicare card where you save them drugs, and there they go. All of a sudden, you got every drug. Before that, you couldn't get nothing. See what I'm saying? Couldn't get a thing. Fight to help right. right. you. are saying don't make sense unless you look at it in a larger context. Once you pass six five, they need you dead, but they don't want to give you that check. Well, that's why now the the big thing now is raising that sixty five to higher, right? Because back then, when Social Security was established. People were dying at between 60, 62, 65. By 64, 65, they were not around anymore. But now people are living longer. They're taking better care of themselves. And so, therefore, they've used the social security. I know what black life especially was like 60, 60, 61. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It was a bang to become 65 and black. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but here's the here's what I want everybody to know and understand is that the government is not giving you money. They're paying you back your money that you paid in to Social Security when you were working. You paid into medi- Medicare. You paid into medicine when you were working. Even though we're we're paying a, what we pay a minimal fee of about what 135 dollars. I think it's up to now, maybe mm-hmm. 100. 
or somewhere like mm-hmm. that, Dr. Hagney. I see. So, yeah. A couple points. By, yeah, a couple points by the Go ahead. drug cost. If you look at the drug cost, there was a report just last week. I think I sent it to a lot of people. First of all, you start in Washington D.C. and, and look and see how much the pharmaceutical company lobbies are paying our elected official. That report came out this past week, and That's so right. when, you, when you when you think about why we pay more for medi- medication in America versus Canada, look and see where the pharmaceutical companies uh, a lot of money are going. There was a report just last week; they broke it down by everybody. The other point about that drug cost is when you look at us as a race of people. We wind up with those more expensive medications, and I, you mentioned a lot of ages. So we need to look and go. see what medica- medication being prescribed to us, those more costly medications are being prescribed to us. And so that, so we need to look internally what's going on in the pharmaceutical economy. And also our life expectancy in pandemic has, I think, decreased by three years. So we're not, so with that, those are factors. The disparity we see in our, our group, we need to be looking at them because they're worse than they're actually being reported. But yes, the drug costs would be, and we have to play a role in getting those drug costs down. I don't think it'll ever happen. Doctor, you've seen in those pharmaceutical commercials, you know, for the for big oh. farm. Have you seen it in those? Oh, well, yes, you know, we I, have. I, well, you know, I spent uh, you know years in pharmaceutical, and I tell you what, what started the success of ads and pharmaceuticals. We, uh, I think, um, on a, there was a, there was a, the very familiar name started the first uh, pharmaceutical ad. We, that was over 20 years ago. Then we we, rec- we recognized how a pharmaceutical ad would influence the prescribing of medication. Because a patient will see that ad, they go to a doctor's office and they'll ask for that medication. And most most often want to keep the, uh, the patient happy, so they will prescribe. So it was documented by TV ads, high increase uh, drug prescription uh, uh, prescription prices and everything. So, yeah, that's documented. And that's why you see all those ads on TV because they've been proven they're very effective. You go to your physician, you say you saw that ad and whatever like that, chances are you're going to walk out with that prescription. That's exactly right. And and, and then yeah. he's going to get his cut. He's going to get his cut <laughs> or her cut for prescribing that drug for you. <laughs> Let's take a cut these ads that I've been looking at. That I've been saying from the pharmacy uh, trying to – uh, you know, convince Congress to uh, you know don't uh, bring bring just some cannabis this one particular one. So it's her and her daughter. <laughs> so she was going, she's going, she's going. Now, uh, 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 look, look. Uh, 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 I know this this lady here. She's from Canada, and she said, "Don't whatever you do, don't let them bring that bring those drugs over here from Canada." You know, because if you do, then then I won't be able to get my drugs. Now that don't make no sense. Everything she said didn't make no sense, and I'm going. Hmm. You know, really? <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, I won't get mine. Yeah, in Florida, I won't get mine if you get yours. That's what I mean, what they're saying. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Well, hmm. it's very interesting. That's all I can tell you. So, And I, I can remember unequivocally when uh, – when I was working, and they would uh, the uh, drug uh, pharmaceutical salespeople would bring, they would come by and they'd bring all this food and supply us with all kinds of good stuff to eat, and uh, then but we we need you to push these drugs out. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, you know, you, you, you talk you talk about my profession. <laughs> 
Well, uh, <laughs> I know. Up. I'm sorry. Well, let me tell you something. You know, for a long time, that food was not regulated from the pharmaceutical industry in the medical practice office. When several years, well, more than several years, about 10 years ago, they recognized the impact of that because you would, uh, that's probably going to, well, going to CE program, they weren't, well, but anyway, there's a new regulation about uh, that that uh, reimbursement from some pharmaceutical reps and interacting with doctors that really is regulated now because it was very, it was very effective, you know. It's still effective uh-huh. for that. Sure. Yeah, so you, well, you, we used to, well, I think, we used to say it would be amazing what you can get uh, done with a dinner. <laughs> a steak dinner. <laughs> uh, amazing. Uh, couple rounds. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, you know, a few rounds on the golf course, you know. And that's the truth. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Well, well, and you're and come on in, Pastor Cooper. We don't want to continue the conversation without Pastor Cooper coming in. Good evening, Pastor. No. Cooper. Hello, hello. How are you hello. doing? Good evening. How's the game? Oh, we're doing great. We're doing great. You see, we we're we're, we're fired. We're fired up and we're ready to go, Pastor Cooper. I see that. I see that. You know, uh, y- y'all, y'all, right down my alley. I started to get a job with the pharmaceutical sales rep. Re- me and I you. Realized. Me and you. Yeah, 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 I heard about the money, but then I said, well, what's the voice of moral authority? I didn't know Arthur then. I said, well, let, let me check myself here. I know. It just did I mean, yeah, plus all that traveling that was involved, and it was like yeah. um, my food was my bar- going to be my bargain, bargaining for getting yeah. the drugs into the office, <laughs> doctor's office, you know? Right. Was that Miss yeah. Beyonce? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, and I had young children, so I decided I'd pass. <laughs> but anywho, that's that's the way of the world. You know, listen, we we already know. Every one of us on here knows that that this world is run on <coughs> mean green, mm-hmm. run by that dollar, and uh, but, and whomever I guess whomever's pockets are deeper. Are the ones that get where they need to be. Go ahead, go ahead. Let, let me give a good plug for the pharmaceutical reps. Uh, the uh, the uh, medical information is a, is a, uh, amazing information that uh, that the pharmaceutical companies uh, place in doctors' offices uh, because the gentleman talking about not a lot of research. That research that those companies are involved with, those reps pass a lot of that information on to the doctors early on. All the sure. research going on surrounding developing new drugs, and I'm gonna say this: a lot of physicians, uh, they will be honest, they learn a lot about their their prescriptions from a pharmaceutical rep because it comes straight from the research. We're talking about that research yeah. and pushing. Uh, they, uh, they the pharmaceutical reps are the pipeline for the most recent research information to a physician. Sometimes even before it's actually uh, published or printed. I, I had that really a lot of well a lot of physicians who are lost of their pharmaceutical knowledge to those individual pharmaceutical companies. Well, all that I money agree. and all that is is been in there often. Any physician will tell you that. Yes, I agree with you one hundred. And, and and you're absolutely not only just the physicians but the nurses as well. Oh yeah, I agree oh, yeah. with you one hundred percent. 
They came they came well prepared. They had all of the information you needed to know about that new drug that they were pushing yes. out there to you. Yes. Okay, Pastor hey, Cooper, hey, did hey, you have anything else to say? Go ahead. Oh, okay. No, I think I told you about that before, but my mom, uh, a situation where I went to the doctor, I went with her. They gave her this card. Now I'm not go at that time, but they gave her this, they gave her this card with all this four hundred dollars worth of free medicine. Quote. Now when I got home, uh, you know, I, I read the stuff. That medicine uh, was antithetical to everything she had. She definitely wasn't supposed to have that medicine, but they was pushing this card for her to go get this medicine anyway. So what do you call that, Doc? You know, since you're in that yeah. industry, what, 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 what do you call that? That's some kind of. Do they have a name for that? <laughs> well, that was the name. What this is when you're and now this is for, this is for my pharmacy. I'll tell people <laughs> the, uh, when you look at the minimum healthcare team, one of the most potential positive minimum healthcare teams should be the pharmacist. And uh, this is my this is my empathy with the pharmaceutical industry. They need to step up, and people need to recognize a pharmacist as part of the health team. To answer your question, Absolutely. when a physician writes all these prescriptions, someone go home and everything. Now, I know in some states like state of Texas, pharmacists are required to do uh, uh, drug counseling. So the pharmacists need to be yes. more of that. I tell everybody, in every office, every clinic where a drug being dispensed and everything, a pharmacist consultant should be in there. But what they're fighting is their reimbursement for their time compared to the few minutes you spend with a physician. They're, they're, they're reimbursed more for that information, they're walking out those bags versus the pharmacist should have been consulted prior to that bag leaving wherever it left. Not, so what we need pharmacists more not, involved, in, 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 and we need pharmacists professionally more involved clinically in drug yeah, 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 but this situation, Doc, but, but Doc, in this situation, that right there, that don't even apply. Now, I'm saying she's in the doctor's office. He's giving her... Uh, pushing uh, uh, quote free medicine card, giving us two guns, medicine I free. Yeah, yeah pharmacy ain't nowhere around. Pharmacy ain't nowhere around. Yeah. Well, well, that's, well, see, that's a, that's a weakness of well, that's a weakness of our healthcare delivery system. I would tell mm-hmm. anyone designing our U.S. healthcare delivery system between a pharmacist should be between your doctor and the patient taking that medication. That just that just in our healthcare system. The pharmaceutical, the pharmaceutical companies, the pharmaceutical companies are pushing their drugs through these doctors' offices through processes like that. Well, that's, like they, we say, that's why I call them dope dealers. Well, see, doctors are trained in medical school. Well, they're taught pharmacology in medical school. I'm not talking about the pharmaceutical industry now. I'm not talking about the doctor. I'm talking about the pharmaceutical no, industry. Well, but see, the patient walks right up to the doctor. Who wrote the order? The physician wrote the order. And, and the rep didn't, th- didn't tie the doctor down and pull him to write the, the uh, prescription. So no, that, the doctor no, no, there wrote, was no prescription written, Doc. Doc, Doc, well, you, no, there was no well, prescription well, written. Well, so that's the weakness of our, deli- our, our health care delivery system. No Medicaid. I understand what you're talking about. I understand the cost and everything. That's another major weakness weakness of our healthcare delivery system, and you and a lot of people not aware of what you just mentioned. That does occur. I agree with that occur, but it should not happen. So if you want to talk about healthcare delivery, that's a major weakness in our healthcare delivery system. So you imagine imagine a patient who doesn't understand those medications and walking out that bag of medication. See what I'm saying? For for a lot of reasons. So 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 yeah, that's the weakness 
You just pointed to a weakness of our healthcare delivery system. That shouldn't be, because when you look at if you look look, look at minority individual people who don't understand medication, who will take any medication that a doctor writes for, uh, that's that's part of the weakness of the system, and that's why I say pharma, that pharmacy pharmacy should be up in that system between that position, and even even giving that card out, all that shouldn't occur. But see, pharmacists uh, could be what well, that's what that's a weakness of the system. So that you're exactly right. Go, that's an area that go, should be improved. I have to go and talk and, and talk to this one doctor and, and tell him to quit giving my mom and them opioids. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you, you're talking about the weakness in the system. Weakness in the system. Wow. Pastor, do you have anything else in regards to anything that we're talking about before we move on from uh, Dr. Hagney's report? He's done an outstanding job because I'm actually sending an article to you gentlemen that Ms. Rihanna just sent to me that we must discuss this uh, tonight before we move over to uh, talk about the resolutions. I've, I've sent it to, let's say I've sent it to you and sending it to Dr. Hagney. Let me see, I've sent it to Mr. Arthur, sent it to, to Ms., uh, Pastor Cooper, and now I'm sending it over to uh, Dr. Hagney. And I'll give you the uh, headlines of it in just a second. But, Pat Cooper, did you have anything else in regards to anything that we've been talking about in the last half hour in regards to Well, I, I, I love the fact I, well, well, I was listening to Arthur, and I'm reading him in between the lines here, and, and, and he was, you know, trying to help out the listeners and, and go after Dr. Hagney a little bit, which is what we do here. And that's how we <laughs> learn. Uh, so uh, we have Hagney fun when we do it. Yeah, yeah, we exactly. have fun with you. But but uh, <laughs> what I like that he, maybe he doesn't realize he's, he's doing, he's, he's being the, the the son and being aware and checking to what's going on with his mother. I did the same thing when my mother suffered with strokes for eight that's years. Right. Uh, and so let me give kudos to Dr. Hagman, the ones who's doing it the right way, the pharmacist. pharmacist. We, uh, way back in the day, I don't know if in your area, you, we had uh, – a pharmacist called Eckers. Now, I think it's not CBS. Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we would go there, and they were our friends. And so we would take – we trusted our doctors, but we also checked and, and inspected what we expected. And uh, we would make sure that the medicine that was given would not uh, have counter activity, you know, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to make sure it's compatible, you know, if you got blood thinners, high blood pressure. You know, certain certain medicine would drive your blood pressure up. So right. we, we would take it out. And so our pharmacist was awesome in, in assisting us in that, telling us what each drug did. Uh, and I had a sheet that I ran on my mother's prescription. So then I was, when I would go back to the uh, physician, I would, I would be educated enough to have the conversation and say, okay, why are we doing this? And, and this particular drug is not a, a, a complement of this drug. And then they would explain what they were doing or why they were doing it. And maybe sometimes it was for a season only in, in, in order to thin the blood or to thicken the blood, depending on what was going on. Okay, very good. Well, I, I, I want to bring this point out uh, in the defense. Of course, we, we, we're not really attacking uh, pharmacists because we know how crucial they are uh, in our lives. But, but the bulk of the people that I know that were pharmaceutical salespeople were not pharmacists at all. 
they were salespeople. They could lot some of them. There were several nurses that I knew that went in that into that profession, which a, a person with a medical background is an excellent person to work as a pharmaceutical sales uh, individual because they understand uh, the drug system to begin with in, in the first place. But but it's it's very important that we stay right on top of our families to make sure that we're watching what they're yeah. taking. And then the great part about I want to mention this, and then we can move on if no one else has anything else in regards to that. But in when I was growing up, we had Young's Pharmacy, and I'm sure Dr. Hagney remembers Young, Young Dr. Noble no, Young. He, was the, he yeah. was the only black pharmacist that was far before Dr. Hagney's time. Dr. Hagney was a oh, young yeah. fellow. Uh, when when, right. when, uh, <laughs> when Dr. Yeah, Dr. Noble Young, he said mm. right on the, we used to go sit on the stool and have a, a milkshake or a malt or whatever. Uh, that was our pharmacist in our community, in our black community with our black-owned businesses. And so we and, had somebody and, 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 who made sure they were there. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Well, well, well I, want to make clear, I want to make clear, my eye is for the, is for the pharmaceutical companies. That's yes, my I know what you're saying. Because they, oh, oh, so they, they turn doctors into pushers. You know, and uh, you know, and, and use in our community. Once we once we get the Medicare card, you know, then they proceed to try to kill us. And I'm just saying, we need to, have, you know, we need to, you know, we need more regulation on how they just dump out them drugs on our folks. I mean, that's all I'm saying because it's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, got it. So, Miss Rihanna is sending us some good stuff here. Uh, tonight, I mean, she'll probably be coming soon. I, I, she sent. Uh, I'm looking. Uh, I thought I heard you. I thought I heard you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good evening, Miss Rihanna. It's, it's always a pleasure to have Miss Rihanna on because she comes with so much knowledge. But, she, but, but I sent to you, gentlemen, what Miss Rihanna sent to us, and let's talk a little bit about. That's why uh, we, we have to make sure that our children are well cared for. We have to make mm-hmm. sure. But this article says a Texas woman arrested. For bashing a bre- what's that word? I, I thought my glasses. Brandish- brandishing. 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 I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Brandishing a loaded gun at a seven-year-old trick-or-treater. Now, mm-hmm. I remember, I, I gentlemen and, and Miss Rihanna. I yesterday I thought about. Do you remember when that person put that razor blade in the apple of that child? Oh yeah. 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 Uh, and so mm-hmm. from that point from that point on we stopped letting our children go out trick or treat. We started having big massive uh Oktoberfest uh activities at the church and the family life center, uh set up the mm-hmm. uh trunk or treat so that the children can be be treated safely and that we don't have to be concerned with them walking door to door, even though parents now uh, walk more door to door with the kids. I, I can just remember when kids used to be running up and down the street, and there was no parents mm-hmm. anywhere around. You guys remember that? And so mm-hmm. you can't, it can't, can't happen anymore. Can't happen after that. After that, and that was years ago, right? That 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 happened. Yes. My children were younger folk. Mm-hmm. So, but can you believe that someone would be that cruel <sighs> to to mistreat? A child, yes. No, we you know, know that there's a lot of 
Go ahead. You, you Go know, ahead. back in the day, you know, back in the day, it used to be folks, you hear about people putting poison in, in some of them, in some of them kids' candy and stuff. Like, I used to hear about sure. that all the time. I mean, sure. I mean, this is after my trick-or-treating time, of course. You know, we, you know, we trick-treated in the country, so we didn't go. We, we went to two houses. And, and oh, they knew okay. coming. And they had the candy ready for you. Uh-huh, yeah, but now, you know, going up and down the street, uh, uh, knocking on strangers' doors, I'm just trying to figure out what are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Those times are, those times are past. Because there's so much happening yeah. out there now. It's, 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 it's really frightening. Right. Yeah. Well, this article notes uh, the last sentence in this article that the, this incident occurred after Texas Republicans this year enacted a new law allowing handguns to be carried without permits or training. Yep. So they threw that, that point in there. <laughs> I thought that was a good wow. point. And it's well, also then she needed some training. Can you tell us, about that? Tell, us a, tell us a little bit about that article, oh. uh, Ms. Rihanna, while we, the rest of us are reading. Because I well, know you've this, already read it. Happened, uh, it happened in... Buda, which is mm-hmm. a small hey, town Tampa. that right. mm-hmm, includes some of the suburbs of South Austin. Well, you guys uh, know where that is. That's between Austin and San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Sure is. Go ahead, mm-hmm. Go ahead Ms. Um, it's, uh The woman is 35 years old. Uh, she has been charged with aggra- aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. She was booked into the Hayes County Jail with bail set at $10,000. The Hayes County Sheriff's Office said deputies responded to the 100 block of Quarter Avenue around 720 on Halloween night, so right when the kids were starting to trick-or-treat. Deputies Mm. determined a resident in the area was yelling at children who were walking outside her house trick-or-treating. They said that 35-year-old Monica Ann Bradford I'll say that again in case I mispronounced it. Monica Ann Bradford of Buda, Texas, everyone, (laughs) exited her (laughs) residence with a loaded weapon and pointed it at a seven-year-old. Amazing. Wow. That's amazing. It is. It is. I'm just overwhelmed. Just don't answer your door. They're they're not going to stay there very long, right? They're going to ring a couple of times, and then they're going to leave if you don't come open the door. Mm-hmm. Why take a, try to take advantage of children, young well, and hey, 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 Yes, sir. Hey, hey, sure, it don't make sure it don't make sense. <laughs> you know it does. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. Does mm-hmm. not make sense. Wow. No. I mean, no. we're supposed to be we're supposed to be taking care of these little vulnerable people, not mm-hmm. causing them harm. Now, I, I Certainly, there's I a wanna, law in, in. Oh, go ahead. I, I wonder what how her neighbors feel that they that they knew that the neighbors that near them would you know would do something like that. That's right. That's the truth. I wouldn't want to. Well, I tell you what, I may be uh, getting ready to put my house on the market the next day. I wouldn't mm-hmm. or, or not live next to her. She's pretty dangerous. Well, I got I got to tell you, I can't shake this feeling. I know I heard somewhere that Texas is so pro-life and all about saving children that they just enacted this law where you can 
you can uh, make a citizen's arrest or sue people who do this kind of harm to children. Isn't that true? <laughs> Isn't that the, the rational Texas law protecting children? No. There's something different uh, about the real Texas law, huh? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I think you're right. We're, it, 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 and what did they say about us? We're a country of our own. We, we, oh, my goodness. Goodness. I don't know. You know, imagine the effect on the child. Exactly right. correct. Right. That that child can be traumatized for the rest of yes. its life. Is it? A, was it a young boy? Yes. It didn't say, did it? Was it a boy? It didn't say. It did not say. Uh, right. But can you imagine yeah, it, how yeah. how that little child must have felt? Seven years mm. old. Seven. There you go. Sir, it's a baby. Sir, 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 uh, oh, I know. Okay, okay, gotcha. Because I, I thought buses were yellow, but now I'm with you. Okay, I'm with you. Go ahead. Anyway, so so when the first one came by, my <laughs> man, everybody get back. Everybody get back. He's, he's coming the white bus. So we stepped back and said, so here they come back. Spitting hot, nigga, nigga, nigga. Oh, my goodness. Getting the cat out, you know, going on back, right? You know, of course now, you know, now, now I don't remember being traumatized though, heck, because I, you know, cause I, my thing was getting to the schoolhouse. You That's know, right. I was going so to school that day. So you can learn. There yeah. you go. So you can learn. learn. That's right. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. There, see, it is people like, uh, Dr. Excuse me, like Mr. Arthur, whose family taught them what the end game was. You, go get an education. Just. Mm-hmm. Filter as much of that out of your lives and out of your environment as you possibly can. Your goal mm-hmm. is to get an education. I remember when yeah. I was I got sent to Tyler Junior College, and I you guys know this story and I've told it before, but but my parents says you go and you sit in that classroom and you learn everything that you can, and then you come home and you study it. That that you didn't retain, study, study, study until you retain it all, and as long as you do that, you're going to be all right and pass the test. But they, they didn't prepare me for uh, for receiving a test different from the rest of the students. They didn't prepare mm-hmm. me for that because how about this? They didn't even know that, mm-hmm. right? Because they would have right. prepared me if they had known that. They had no idea oh. that that kind of thing existed in this country. Oh. That the Caucasian kids got one test. And the yes. uh, the little two or three black mm. kids got an entirely different exam. Mm. Set, trying to set you mm. up for failure, right? Yes, uh, right, right. There, therein lies the reason why historical black colleges are so important. When people yeah. will say today, "Why do we still have a HBCUs?" Uh, they're needed. They're, they're needed. Even they're as needed. of today, as of today, and even, and even yeah. more so in the future. Yeah. I'm sorry. I want to ask you a question. Someone said the other day that uh, uh, I guess it was a virtual learning. There were a lot of student kids who did not graduate from high school. Uh, have you heard that that uh, they did not graduate? 
And there are a lot of students who, uh, you know, not even GED or program. Have you ever heard of that? I was going to ask some of the students to, to check into that. that. There's a lot of students this past year because of, you know, virtual learning and all that. Of COVID. A lot of students, mm-hmm. what, what the, the virtual education system with computer, virtual learning, a lot of students did not qualify for high school graduation. And so there were a lot of students that oh, did not wow. Is that true? If someone told me, and I just wanted to follow up and see if anyone else heard. I'm going to fact there. check that right now. I'll find. Yeah, and, well, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure Pastor Cooper's on the page. Have, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Pastor Cooper. Yeah, yeah, I heard the opposite uh, to where they were just passing them through, not checking roll, right? Uh, not heard. giving tests, and, yeah, and letting them graduate. That's that's what I heard. Exactly. Matter of fact, that's, that's what I, 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 I know for a fact. Yeah. Right. As a matter of fact, many of them, even though they were given computers or they were given tablets, they live in an area where, and I look where I live, and I have a problem with uh, with Internet services sometimes, but many of them right. did not even have Internet service so that they could log in and hear what the teacher had to say and so forth. So, yeah, um, that's what I, I'm with Pastor Cooper, that they mm. just got pushed on through. They didn't try to hold them back. Uh, because of COVID, but I don't know, Doctor Hadney. Well, I don't know. Mm. There's a what high dropout rate. There's a right. high dropout rate, but uh, uh, graduations are at all time highs. But so are dropout rates. There's been a couple of big surges. We're in one right now. Uh, for just enormous dropout rates. Um, so both, I think. Both things are true. <laughs> There's, you know, people who aren't cutting it and just dropping out completely, but at the same time, uh, graduation rates are high. That's interesting. I need to read that better because at first glance it seems that both things can't be true, but then again, if there's a smaller pool mm-hmm. of graduates and they're doing a percentage of the class graduating to calculate the graduate levels, mm-hmm. um, yeah. then, well, Dr. you Dr. know, the per- percentage-wise, it's an all-time high. Right. Let me ask this question. Was that supposed to be within our area, or is that broadly no, that you're speaking? It was in East Texas area. In East Texas. Yeah, that's oh, what I was trying well, to find out. Yeah. That's what I was trying to find out. Yeah. I was going to ask the school system to find out. Find out if that's true. Now, I'll, I'll ask the young lady who mentioned that in the meeting next week to find out exactly that's what I want to do. I want the, the school board members in each school district, they should know if that happened. If you're a minority school board member on a school board, you should know that you know, just like that question about the young state level of lead and, and drinking water. That was in that same discussion. So if you're a school board member or whatever, you should know the lead content of the water that your kids drink in your school district. When people complain about masks and they're drinking high level of lead content, so that question is, what, what is the what is the lead content content in Texas public schools today? Right. I, I heard it was below fifty percent. You might want to check that, Mr. Brown, but I heard it was high. So, right. Okay. Hmm. Well, now I'd like for us, if we can, to go over and let's discuss the. Um, Let's discuss the uh, resolutions. As we mentioned early on, uh, this is the election time on tomorrow, and we want to uh, we, we want to uh, make sure that people understand 
these uh, resolutions and what they all mean. So uh, I, I think I will send Pastor Cooper. I think that uh, if you could if you can put that in the the link. I know I have them as well. Let me let me see if I can put them in the uh, link while you all are discussing. You all are discussing election tomorrow. I'm going to just, Miss Rihanna, I think I sent it to you. I'm not sure. I think I yeah, sent it to you. I any, think you any, did. Let me, it, okay. Let me so if, if I did, if not, I'm going to send that to, to Miss Rihanna from uh, as Pastor Cooper. You can you can begin if you want to. Yeah, open they are right them. here. You have them? Okay, okay. Oh, wait, so, no, so, I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sending it to you. I'm sending it to you right now, Ms. Rihanna. I'm going to send it to you right now. And then we'll have you to uh, read each one of them, and then we're going to, uh, we'll dialogue on them. So if hopefully that will come to you, and you can open up. If not, let me just do it this way, copy, and then I'll it. send it to you. You got it? Did it open for you? Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, very good. Okay. So, so if you can, if you read the first one, Miss Rihanna, and then then we can we can dialogue on that uh, a little bit, starting with uh, proposition number one. Uh, yes, yes, ma'am. And what 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 it says, please. Mhm. Okay. Here we go. Proposition one, HJR one forty three. What it says: the constitutional amendment authorizing the professional sports team charitable foundations of organizations sanctioned by the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association or the Women's Professional Rodeo Association to conduct charitable raffles at rodeo venues. What it means, this amendment would authorize professional sports team charitable organizations to conduct raffles at rodeo venues. The measure would amend Section 47 of Article 3 of the state constitution. Okay. Pastor Cooper, you, would you like to begin with and dialogue with us a little bit on that? Um, if, if, in fact, that this was a a good proposition for us to be for or against. Um, Ms. Rihanna, can you read the, let me see. Yeah, can you, did you also read what that actually means? What that, what that, uh, you read what it's saying, right? But did you read what it means? Uh, did I, I lose any It's, it's did, showing. Yeah, I'm here. I, I can hear you. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. Uh, I was trying to speak. I was, <laughs> you were I talking was too, and I was on mute. I'm so sorry. We were all talking. I was on mute myself. <laughs> Go ahead, on, Mr. Rion. I was, I was talking okay. on mute also. I was trying to be polite without the background noise. With I was the, just talking. Exactly. Yeah. So, Ms. Rion, tell Me us too. exactly what, that, what it means, and then, yes. then we can dialogue on it. Okay, this amendment would authorize professional sports team charitable organizations to conduct raffles at rodeo venues. The measure would amend Section 47 of Article 3 of the state constitution, and there is a recommendation highlighted for this against. Okay. Against, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. and my, my team that, that I have here. In, uh, Beaumont, I uh, have uh, several folks that assist us in this and all okay. the backgrounds and politics. 
but this is my humorous side is that I grew up with rodeos and stuff. I didn't know that we, they ever stopped. <laughs> we always had a raffle or something going on. <laughs> and, you know, and I grew up with rodeos as well, and I never even knew that they did those. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I just, you know, we remember when we were growing up and they had the uh, the black cowboy ro- uh, rodeo in Huntsville, Texas, and all the black people from all over Texas, everywhere to include outside of Texas, would go to the rodeo in Huntsville, Texas. Do you remember that, Mr. Arthur? Yeah, that was a prison rodeo. That's yeah, exactly. prison rodeo. Yeah, prison yeah you remember that, Dr. Yeah, Hattie? That's yeah. I remember that. I remember that. If I stayed away from Yeah, you remember Miss Rihanna. Mm-hmm. He stayed, I'm sorry, but, stayed, mm-hmm. stayed away from me. I stayed away from all that. <laughs> <laughs> we had enough rodeos in our backyard that, that we didn't have to go anywhere. We, we, we were in Cheeks, China, and Nome. Uh, matter of fact, there's still some land that uh, I, I get a little nostalgic over when we go back there, and you can just smell uh the, the the hay and, and the dew and the wow. moisture and I'm already back in that place again. Yeah. Wow. Well we all we always went to that rodeo every single year we went. I mean I don't ever remember wow. missing at all when we were when I was a young kiddo growing up that we went to that rodeo. We heard about it. We we never attended that. Never attended it. Okay. But you missed the treats. Those guys were, wow. let me tell you what, they were amazing. Oh, they were good. Yes, they were. Yeah. They were. They were amazing. They really were. So, okay. So the next one, Mr. Any, anybody, any more comments? So, so anywhere, in other words, uh, Pastor Cooper, we're saying to be against that particular one because yeah, they, people people because looked that, at that, that as they looked at it as gambling. Is that what they looked at it as? Looked at it as gambling. Okay. Right. Okay. They looked at it as gambling. All right. Okay. All right, Miss Rihanna, go ahead. Okay. Proposition number two. <clears throat> Okay, HJR 99, the recommendation is against what it says. The constitutional amendment authorizing a county to finance the development or redevelopment of transportation or infrastructure in unproductive, underdeveloped, or blighted areas in the county. What it means, this amendment would authorize... Right, that's what I was thinking. Uh, would authorize county the county to issue bonds to fund infrastructure and transportation projects in undeveloped and blighted areas. It would also prohibit counties that issue bonds for such purposes from pledging more than 65% of the increase in ad valorem tax revenues to pay repay the bonds. What does a blighted oh. area mean? Well, well, what does blighted mean? What is that? What do they mean by blighted? I mean, well, I mean, it's on the paper. What are, what are they talking about? Blighted. Because, see, I remember that, because, see, cause, <laughs> you know, they call our whole community <laughs> blighted when they got rid of get them. Uh, uh, right, right. <laughs> you know, do the gentrification. Right. They say, you know what, y'all blighted. Yes. 
Well, that it sounds to me like this is an extension of the the Trump family grift that started with the big tax breaks that he gave to uh, to people who uh, basically were were going to go in and uh, you know fix blighted areas <laughs> and do gentrification and made it easier for already blighted areas uh, for you to continue to be a slumlord if you're already a slumlord and rejected the idea of uh, Section 8 housing or um, any kind of subsidized housing to be in certain areas that didn't want it. So this sounds like a, a piece of that to me. Because exactly. it's, it's saying you can't you pay pay back less for the bonds. I mean, it's a grift, right? Right, and, 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 and this is one of those. What was that? Who was that? I said the the property probably already been bought. This one pass this, and then they'll yeah. set it off a big man. Yeah, and then they get well, to to. Yeah, repay. They can't repay uh, or pledge more than sixty-five percent. So uh, that's just odd. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pastor Cooper. No, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, this is, I think, the one someone I had a conversation just three, four days ago uh, because I had a team uh, that said that they for sure against this. because, like Arthur said, that's the blighted areas. You have to watch it how they're writing the words, uh, how they land it out, and the commas and what they're actually saying. Because first of all, right. we, we were not taught to write write like this. This you you have commas and, and uh, conjunction words in the same sentence. Yeah. It's almost like a run-on sentence, and that's what they uh-huh. want to do. They want to run on with your money. Isn't that right? Well, and, you know, of course, the hidden elephant in the room, the word blighted, I, I'm pretty sure that I heard Lee Atwater use that word in that surreptitiously recorded <laughs> recording that we all have of him uh, explaining how to word certain things <laughs> so that you don't <laughs> I scare, that scare off the more I'm... sensible <laughs> yeah, white folk. Right. <laughs> But right. you'll be able to be racist in, in your words. Time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good, Ms. Real. Yeah, I think blighted was one of his words. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and then you pardon that, you pair that up with this last sentence. It says, it would also prohibit counties that issue bonds for such purposes yeah. from pledging more than 65% of the increase. See, they don't like increasing right. taxes. In ad valorem tax. That's 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 uh, uh, like a luxury tax on a franchise, like the franchises I'm in. Uh, in increase ah. and they hate ad valorem taxes, so that, that that's a tax that uh, they did away with, and so they don't want it to repay uh-huh. the bonds. So so that, right. that's more tax increase. Yeah. Uh, well, I knew a, it was a great. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of them. Hey, hey, I'm against the state getting any more power than they got right now until I see what they got. That's right. 
Okay. Mm. Yeah, we, the we have, again, just be clear, that's again. Yeah. Right. Okay. Exactly. Not going to fool us. Um, okay. Proposition 3, SJR 27, the recommendation is 4. What it says, the constitutional amendment to prohibit this state or a political subdivision of this state from prohibiting or limiting religious services of religious organizations. Okay. This also sounds like it was uh, written by uh, some people who (laughs) who don't just want to honestly have... (laughs) Have this. This sounds like the mega churches who were freaking out that nobody can mandate us. We're going to all catch COVID, and then they did. Mm-hmm. Okay, what it means? Proposition three would amend Article one of the Texas Constitution by adding a new section to prohibit the state or any political subdivision from enacting a law, rule, order, or proclamation that limits religious services or organizations. Arguments against this amendment cite COVID as one valid reason to suspend religious services. Approving this proposition would prevent authorities from banning this type of events during a worldwide pandemic. Okay. I guess that's the way of trying to separate church and state. Right, right. Yeah. So, so, so the church can decide right. what they they want to do for for themselves. Yeah. That was honestly so if they get COVID, for the anti. So, so if they get COVID. So okay. So if they if they get COVID, can they give it to me? If they get it, with this law. Allow them to give it to me without any consequences. <laughs> would this law allow them to give you COVID? <laughs> yes, it will. Yeah. Yes. Anybody have any consequences it, well, about your sick? It couldn't prohibit you from going to church to catch it. <laughs> it would be a choice. To, to, to go go to church. Yeah, but if I didn't know it, and I and, and I just need to go talk to the Lord that day, and I went in there, then they didn't tell me. You know, we don't get shots. I, yeah. I got yeah. That was a question. So I mentioned, uh, is the church liable in that situation? Yes, right. they are. Yes, they are liable. Yes. Yeah, because that came up in another discussion. Someone there were wondering why one of the pastors said, "Why well, some of his guidelines?" Because he was concerned about that that he would be liable. Yeah, absolutely. That's why a lot of them closed. That's where it That's why a lot of them still closed. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the way it should be because, like Mr. Arthur said, we do not need the state taking any more power than it already has. But then you think of this, the arguments that we heard and are still hearing, you know, we, you can't, uh, you know, you're, you're persecuting us because you're not letting us go. You know, you're mandating that, that church services can't be in person, you know, and it was such a ridiculous argument because, well, it was for the pandemic, but 
you know, that, that's where we get the rug pulled out from under us when we don't think, you know, okay, we are in a pandemic, but if they seize this kind of power, what, you know, what are they going to do next? And then we see right. people like Greg Abbott <laughs> seizing right. all right. kinds of power. I mean, you know, it's just, it's a, this pandemic and that was has been a, a weird one. When they worked through that mystery on it, that's exactly right. And that was the thought why they, they voted for that, uh, because yeah. of the fact they didn't want anyone else to have power Absolutely. over uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They wanted to limit it. Over Absolutely. Over. Yep. Well, because there are a lot of good uh, churches who aren't meeting in, in person or limiting it or contract right. uh, contact tracing, you know, being careful, and you know right. that's where the responsibility lies. But yeah, yeah, that COVID's been so a wacky one also, for, for these arguments. You go same thing with superintendents and schools. Uh, that was the, the yes. big argument before. Yeah, you know, uh, yes. if the superintendent yes. say in Jefferson County, my schools are we we having issues. We're going to shut it down or demand mask or whatever. Or mm-hmm. if you in a different area. Orange County, and, and your, your numbers are good, you may not want to do math. So mm-hmm. th- this was a pattern to, to stop the patterns that's happening. Yes, yes. Uh, well, and then again, so what does the Texas governor do? He says, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seize more power and mandate that you're not allowed to make those decisions on your local level. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yep. yep. Exactly. And so that's an overreach. So that's why. Uh, we have to yes. have common sense uh, 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 governing, right. and I don't want an overreach one way or the other. I want to be able – I'm a pastor. I want to be able to close my church down because I don't feel comfortable, but I don't want a, a lawsuit right. from the state of Texas. So Ken Packer right. come over and say, no, you, you're a pastor. You have to open your church. No, uh, uh, that's, you, right. you're overstepping your boundaries. I decided to close mm-hmm. my church. That's right. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's all yep. I'm saying, and that's the reason why the team that – I had we we voted for for that to uh, to exercise that right mm-hmm. and push back to have that as a peg on the wall and say hey listen yes. uh, don't tell us to open don't tell us to close don't tell us that we can't put masks don't tell us. each church should be able to decide for themselves that's right mm-hmm. their leadership right. decides yeah right well right. here's here's, 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 here's you know, right. it, it's open to Zoom uh, we we have we have three services. And we have six feet apart. We have every other seat. Yeah. You you know right. it. it we, mm-hmm. All the guidelines from CDC is being. We have mm-hmm. we have a med, our medical team that that uh, takes your temperature. You have to have a mask and, yep. and all of that. They use gloves for everything. They wipe down. We have professional people come in and clean, and all those yep. kinds of things. So it just depends upon. And then and and then of course. There's church on YouTube. There's also we have it right. on uh, Facebook Live. We have all, all, we have all the technology. So for those right. people right. who are vulnerable that have a lot of illnesses and all of that, if they choose to stay at home and watch it on on television, listening mm-hmm. to it on radio, we're on radio. We're on all of those things. Technology. Yep. And again, but the I, I would have to be governed the same way. Yeah. That's true. Schools should be governed the same way by that leadership, yes. the leadership roles, what, what they think is right for, for them and their area. And if you are not pleased with your superintendent, I will go with you to protest. If you want something, to, listen. Protest is necessary. Let's go. Let's go talk to them. 
And, and uh, if the protest doesn't work, move. Yeah. <laughs> move out of that, yeah. out of that area. Or move from churches. Yeah. Get out of there. Yeah. Can can I you point know, you, something you, you, out you, that go ahead. go ahead. No, no, I'll go last. You no, go. No, no, please. No, 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 no. Please go ahead. I go out first. If I haven't heard your voice just, in so long. <laughs> well, I just wanted to to point out quickly, and I I don't want to lead us down a rabbit hole, but all of this, just my whole, what I can't stop thinking about while we talk about this is this, what what we're discussing right now and where it began, this is why propaganda has been so wildly effective and why so many people, when you look around to your right and to your left, you're looking at a crazy person right now who believes, you know, that, that Democrats are eating children and, you know, Mm -hmm. and on stuff and Donald Trump really won you, you know, that's why this is, this is why it's been so effective because while we, Mm -hmm. you know, were over here going, no, the state cannot, for example, interfere with churches and tell them what to do, period, right. you know, and right. look at them using COVID to to take do a power grab like this. Interesting. That's reality. Right. But all these other right. people have had the same thought. They're just trying to – COVID, you know, it's a hoax, and they're going to microchip us. You know what I mean? It, this it, – Right. Is why the propaganda has been so effective. It's just interesting to see a really good example and then have it so clear in my mind right now. Thinking, okay, well, this is how that happened. <laughs> uh, What's going on? It, it's been so effective. But in the current political construct, what's going on is we have a Republican Party that's in the process of trying to codify stupid. They're trying to codify. Yes. Yes. They're trying to make it. They're trying to make it a law. Stupid as a law, man. <sighs> I mean, really. <laughs> so that's where yes. we are. And, if we, and, yes. and unless we get some voting rights, uh, a, a, a paperwork up in yes. here. And again, and again, and, right. I, and I still say, why do I have to sign up for my rights every every twenty five years or so? Well, what, what, yeah. what's that about? That exactly. Exactly. Well, I, I mean, what's that about? Exactly. As they say back then, is I free or is I ain't? You ain't. Well, it goes I back ain't. to brandishing a weapon to to a child. Y'all talked about that earlier. I didn't yeah. get a chance to make a comment on it. But uh, that, that's mental illness, by the way. Uh, what they're doing is yeah. uh, authoring and, and making it okay uh, to uh, be who you are. It used to be a time when you had a mental illness that you would say nothing in public and you wouldn't reveal it. My, my father used to say all the time, he said, don't walk into a room. And, and 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 open your mouth. You know, normally people look at you and think you're stupid or, or whatever. You say, but don't open your mouth and, and remove all doubt. What's happening now is now <laughs> right. uh, people with mental illness feel like they're empowered to to yeah. uh, display their feelings and emotions, whereas before that was suppressed and we would never know what we were dealing with. I'm kind of okay with it because right. I like to know what <laughs> areas I mean, what I'm dealing with, <laughs> and who I'm. <laughs> You know, Mike, no, Mike, Mike, mental illness, Mike, mental illness, mental illness, and and I said it before, and I'm gonna say it again. Black people in America, we're in a uh, classic abusive relationship with white America, and we have yeah. our community has all the symptoms of an abused spouse, all the symptoms. <laughs> 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. But, but okay, watch this. Okay, oh, let me help you out with something. Now you're gonna make me. You're gonna make me really go, go pull on all of my hats when it comes to spiritual uh, <laughs> counseling. When it comes to psychology, when it comes to that. just because we are in an abusive situation doesn't mean that it's not mental illness because it's not normal to treat your spouse right. that way. In right. Ephesians five, you right. don't preach to you. It says for the man to, to uh, uh, honor his wife and love his wife as he loves himself. And, and Mike, Mike, one Mike, man Mike, was, Mike, yeah. Mike, every time we yeah. leave, they come Good. get us and bring us back, Mike. They bring us back every time we leave. I, and we run I, out. I, I hear you. Yes. Yeah. I hear you. Yes. I, I hear you. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying that it's still mental illness. It's it. The signs are, there's yeah. Help. There's help for mental illness. You just have to recognize that you have it. Uh, the the, the, the right. start of healing is, is, is uh, uh, self-realization. Uh, now, at some point, uh, there has to be an intervention, and I like to think that I'm the start of that by becoming the next governor of Texas. So th- these mm-hmm. are the things yeah, we, that we, have need, to, we do. Yeah, we need an intervention, that's for sure. Definitely yeah, that's the intervention. The intervention is registering people to vote and getting them out to vote so we get the right yeah. folks in, in place. And, again, that's not Republican or Democrat. That's just getting common sense folks in place, in position. Arthur, you need a new husband. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I need to what? <laughs> he say what? <laughs> no, no longer want the, no, you no longer want the political party to be your husband or your wife. That's what he said. He's abused by the party. I don't want it. need a new husband. I don't want to be neither I don't want it to be neither one of them. This is what I'm saying. You know, right. no political party. You want you want to cut out the abuse. And, and, and that's my point. We well, need to cut out. Well, it's the boys of moral authority. That's what you always ask. Well, what I'm saying is, look, based on what I'm just saying is, I'm just saying that, you know, because of our diaspora, because of our history, the relationship that we have currently to today is is right. abusive. We've been abused. It you is. know, the system is set up. Right. The system is set up to abuse us. I mean, it's set up. It's set up to steal our money. It's set up to, you know, put us in a certain position. It's just set up like that. And so I'm just saying that uh, you know that you know, and, 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 and so uh, uh, yeah, we have to keep trying to lead, you know. And, right. and I keep telling off every here, every here, and I keep trying to tell my good, I keep trying to and I tell my good white friends. I say, I say, look here, tell you know, tell your white friends to quit helping us. Stop it. Stop helping me. Don't just, <laughs> just don't do it. That kind of help. All right, what's the next question, Ms. Rihanna? With friends like you. <laughs> <laughs> you had a nip of that, how Coach Cooper. Okay, I got you. I got it. Well, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this before we move on, but I'll be quick. When you guys were talking about, uh, you know, your parents telling you, what you were getting an education for, and it stemmed from Arthur's story and the idiot, ignoramus white kids hurling the N-word. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking why I went to school, it was drilled into my head so that I would break whatever cycle I may have found myself in of ignorance and become smarter than the ignoramuses around me who were is saying right. things like that out of a school bus. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, that yeah. parallel it was interesting. It, it's in a workplace. It wasn't just school bus. Everywhere. It was in a workplace. I'm a 32-year-old man, and, and I had a 60-year-old man tell me, 
uh, listen, if you don't do what I, I need you to do, which he was no one's voice of authority, uh, that I'm gonna ha- he's going to have problems. I, I was going to have problems with him. I said, well, I, I guess I have problems. He said, oh, okay, so you're not going to uh, succumb basically to what I need you to do. Uh, and he was not in, in, uh, a voice of authority for me. And, and when he saw that, and I rejected wow. him, I pushed back on my bully, uh, uh, Arthur. I pushed back on my oppressor. I, I pushed back on on, on the one mm-hmm. that wanted to beat me down. And I told him, no, not today. And so he went on to try to hurt me with words and say, well, you're going to wake up every morning, the end. And I don't even use the word even when I'm uh, repeating oh, the word. So exactly. he called me the end word. Yeah. He, he said, so uh, you're going to wake up that way every day. I'm going to be like this for a couple of days. He's getting some kind of illness, wanted me to work late for him. I said, well, that's great. I appreciate you. And moved on. Well, uh, 30 years later, I, I have a retirement. Uh, he has some other issues, which I've prayed, and, and he's asked for forgiveness. But it still did not delete the fact that there was some mental illness that was there, and, and he's still dealing right. with it to this day. Right, right, right. And, and that's all I've said. And, and that's the – look here, look here. And that's the sad part is that White folks, most of them don't understand that slavery affected them just as much as it affected right. us. Yeah, come on, right. come on. It made them, it made them a certain yeah. kind of, it made them a certain kind of way. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. You know, and, and like I, I remember Chris Matthews. You know, you know, Chris Matthews. You know, he because he wasn't one of my favorites, but I looked at him all the time. He say, he he say, you know, he said, you know, he's somebody race. He said, you know, uh, white people in America they have to realize, you know, that. Uh, you know that uh, you know we have a lot of black cousins because you know we don't sound like the Europeans. <laughs> you sure don't. <laughs> right. Right. Well, let me bring one more story home to you. Uh, I was at Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, you know, I grew up in Baptist in, in my area, and you had missionary Baptist, Baptist, and and uh, I just figured Baptist is Baptist. But I find myself in Southern Baptist Convention, <laughs> and uh, nothing against anybody or anything is just that. Uh, to this day, there was one generation away from me that said that when his Baptist pastor went on home to be with the Lord, he still thought that slavery was okay and that it should mm. still be uh, established today. So, uh, again, uh, it is our job, the one that is battered and bullied, to continue the fight and continue to hope that, like you say, have some good folks come alongside of us on both sides of the aisle and say, hey, enough is enough, and we're going to stand for change. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. You know, you know what, what we experience, what we find out in healthcare similarities in areas, uh, we, have to, uh, we have to get at the table. Uh, we we right. are proving that what we're doing the vaccination deal. Too long we have uh, allowed, uh, expected someone else to take care of us. Healthcare right. is going to be one of those situations where we have the professional to step up and recognize that. But see, what we have to do is get on the committees when the decisions are made in Austin. Uh, this Preach, from, Dr. Hagley. Preach. This has come from this Preach. has come from a, a experience last week. We that's why I missed the uh, the deal last week because there are some things that occurred a couple of our, three or four our clinics we had set up for a Saturday, and something happened. Thursday night because we had to change all that Saturday. And that decision was made because we weren't at the table. So in our, my recommendation in the health department in the state of Texas, all the way up to Austin, we need somebody on all those committees straight down to the neighborhood because there are decisions made in health care in Texas 
like we just 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 traditional people. Sometimes they don't realize, but sometimes they do realize because we're not there when those decisions be made. They make a decision affect us as if we don't even exist. I just experienced that last week. We had we had some clinics that were canceled. I don't want to say because they were all like sites, but we know if they had been in some other areas, that would not have happened on a Thursday night when people were coming in there Thursday morning. <laughs> so we have we're to be at the that. table, and we're lying. We're lying people to make. That's right. We made. We're lying people to make decisions, and for a fact in healthcare in the state of Texas, shouldn't be making those decisions. We give them too much credit for knowing what they're supposed to know, and from personal experience, they don't know. I told them. We just have them have a table. That we just have them have a table that you can come sit at. Well, I made that. Yeah, I made that statement last week. You know. You know, the decision yeah. you all made, you know, we, that this was made because we went out of the table. And we can't. And so in healthcare, we're going to make a change in healthcare in the state of Texas, but we're going to do that by getting people all the way up to Austin. Well, once we get Tessa Cooper and that governor, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do it now. We're going to do it. But that, that's coming. When Pastor Cooper becomes governor, we're going to have some representatives all the way up in Austin to represent, to represent the East Texas communities of color. Very good. And you know what's amazing? I, that's I how we in October. That. Yeah, and we just come out of breast cancer awareness month in October. That's pink, but it overshadows uh, abuse month for, for women for the most part. And 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 in our study, because we had church conference over on, on uh, uh, abusive behavior uh, this whole month of October, bringing light to it uh, and battered women and, and the death uh, by suicide, or you know, uh, you know that always happens, but. What we found out in the study when I went back and did my empirical background study was that they're saying the way to get the cure that Art was talking about when it's talking about abusive behavior from, from that, the one that's abusive is to go and seek help for someone that looks like you because African-American women are the most abused. Let me yeah. say it again. African-American women are the most abused. So they tell them to go right. find another African-American woman that looks like her mm-hmm. to seek the, and solicit the help. But the problem is, is that there are very few Psychiatrists and psychologists and therapists that look like them. Yeah. So right. when you say and speak that we have to have more people at the table, so that's why I promote and push education because we need to make sure that we have more folks that look like the folks that's been abused to go back and, and make your misery your ministry and, and get the education, get the tools that's needed so you can go back and reach one and help one. Mike, a good yeah. example of what you're talking about is even though a black woman started the Me Too movement, most of the women that you see that's out front that have complained, did the complaints, have been white women. And mm-hmm. I know, good, getting well, the, uh, I know good and well what did happen uh, with them sisters up in there, right? And I'm just saying, you know, and yeah. again, like you said, you know, they still don't feel okay, like you're going to make me preach my whole sermon. I, I had four out. questions on this, Arthur. Let me tell you what's wrong with the woman, with, with the African-American woman. He took the bait. She was told for many years he that she is a strong woman. She was told she was a strong woman. And that's the reason why I'm careful when I tell black women that you're a strong black woman because it's come from right. uh, slave times when the one, black woman was raped by her master. Okay, right. mm. raped by her master. He went back home and loved his wife, but raped her, mm. and then passed her off to their friends for lesser money because she was now raped and abused. 
and and said, look at her. She has a strong back, and she can take anything you can give her. And they're talking about physical, and they're talking about rape, and they're talking about having their way with her. So, so that's where that, that, that phrase comes from. And so I tell men all the time, do not call your woman a strong black woman. You call her a right. uh, 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 beautiful, queen. wonderful, marvelous. A queen. Queen, yeah. Queen, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it, yeah. it, it's a setup uh, of the old system. And mm-hmm. so then you're told you're strong all your life, so if you yeah. open your mouth, then you're admitting that you're weak. Hey, let me give you another iteration right. of that. And, and most black women can, can, can understand this. The system has a way of taking intelligent black women, preferably that don't have a degree, got some education. They will, right. but they're smart. They'll take a man, they'll educate yeah. him, and they'll have them work in three people's jobs, three or four people's jobs sometimes. And then, like, right. and when they finally leave, those folks have to hire three or four folks to replace them. <laughs> you know, that's about that strong Because they're strong. They're strong black people. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and we talk yeah. mm-hmm. that way. You're stronger than everybody else. You can endure more. That means that we can't cry, we can't get weak, when our spouse dies, right. uh, when our loved right. ones die, we don't take time off of work. We ain't going to pay you, properly. No, but we're, we're, pay you we're essential workers. The, the black woman's essential worker. She, she's in yeah. the school cafeteria. She's at, at, at the, the bus counter. Uh, yeah. She's driving the yeah. bus. She's picking up kids. She's yeah. after school. I, it's all of these physical she's work. delivering things. your baby. Delivering, delivering your baby. baby. All mm-hmm. of these. Yeah. And after that, and after that, hey Mike, hey Mike, and after that '90s crime bill, you remember, Hillary, you remember Hillary Clinton? They are predators. Uh, after that '90s crime bill, man, they took a whole generation of brothers off the street and dumped them in the penitentiary. Right. Yeah, right. Three strikes. So now, and so now, and, and and I'm telling the brothers, hey, look, we gotta support these sisters because that's number one. That's who we got. And uh, and actually, and, and I'm happy to say, and I'm and I'm happy to say, they're actually pretty good at what they do. So you know, mm-hmm. so we just got to make sure we got to make sure that the block, we got to make sure that the black block don't get split up. You know, we need to come. come but again, okay, but, but think about five. what uh, Pastor Hagney said earlier. Pastor Hagney said that we have to go in there and get into position, get into the tables, and we need folks that look like us be in those positions because. This state is is ran by Caucasian men with gray hair, and and the world is okay with that. And a lot of money. They're, they're okay with, it. and a lot, a lot of money. So so we're supposed to go to the oppressor and ask the oppressor for help. Right. I'll let you go and tell me what he said. <laughs> Arthur stays away well, from that too. <laughs> he stayed away from that. That's right. Again, watch this. I don't care if they're Democrat or Republican. I, I really don't care. I, I, I'm really? tired of being sick and tired uh, of the same old, and everyone thinks it's okay. And even the way it's lining up now you know, on Democrat and Republican side, yeah. that, that's the reason why yeah. I run. People ask me why I run. I say I happen to be a Bible candidate. That's qualified, because someone asked me the other day when I was on a call from El Paso, what makes me qualified? I said, uh, I'm probably the only one that has enough degrees to cover every uh, aspect and field <laughs> in the area to make decisions that I've been making for 30 years uh, uh, okay. on every level financially. I said, I've had some great okay. accountants work for me. I even fired one of them, comptrollers too. 
So when you're the CEO, CFO, uh, general manager, executive manager, everyone else under the umbrella works for you, and you have to decide and determine uh, whether or not they're going to have a paycheck at the end of the month. And and so I've been doing that for 30 years. I think I can handle the budget in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. I guess so. <laughs> Tell us Drain more, it, Governor. It. This is a great stuff yeah, speech. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. That was but, an but, excellent stuff speech. But, yeah. but happen, uh, uh, that happens to be African-American. But if, if you go back and look at the, 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 the background from which I come from, it has nothing to do with my ethnicity. It has everything to do yeah. with my preparedness for the position. And, and, and there are a lot yeah. of people who think that they're entitled to a position because of, of the fact that they are Caucasian and, and gray hair. So, so this is what we have to do is continue to fight our oppressor, Arthur. We're not going to just bow down. We're going to continue to fight the good fight. We're going to continue to push back with education. We're going to continue to push back with knowledge. Our people perish for lack of knowledge. You're going to make me go from a politician to a preacher. Uh, we, we have to uh, realize that we can't just run it on wisdom. But uh, uh, Solomon was given, he asked for wisdom, but he was also given knowledge. So we have to study to show ourselves approved. So that's the reason why I stay up late, uh, read all night long, go back and look at MSNBC, Fox News, see what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Then I go back to C-SPAN. Yeah. If anybody really wants to know what's going on, go ahead and watch what's happening uh, real C-SPAN. time. C-SPAN. Don't, don't. There you go. Yeah. That's right. There, that's my you can keep your eyes open. Yeah, yeah there you go. Which we, we can. That's commentary. Uh, you can't get on this line. We're the nerds who love it. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Mike, I'm trying, hey, Mike, I'm, uh, Mike, I'm trying a new technique in this current environment we're in. Well, what, what I'm doing now is whenever I see somebody, and that includes you, I see myself. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see how that's going to work out. I hear you, I hear you. Well, we, we got to just, yeah, that's important. So when I see Governor Abbott, hey, look here, hey, here, hey, here, big test is going to be, see, it's going to be when I lay eyes on Governor Abbott. We'll see how I feel. Oh. Well, I, I, you know, there's certain things I don't care for, and and, and I don't like going into reverse. Uh, I'm looking forward. Uh, I'm looking towards the hills. I'm looking towards the light. Uh, I'm looking towards change, and like I said, it would be better on everyone if they elect me in an office because if you keep me out here on the streets, I'm going to continue to get arrested for, for the civil rights. That's all rights. I'm going to continue to fight. I'm going to continue to push back. I'm going to continue to stir up good trouble. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me just tell you guys that the late John Lewis would be very proud. Mm-hmm. Mm. He would be very proud because that's what we're going to have to I do. Just really continue to proposition there. <laughs> yeah, that's yes, even more. Hey, did anybody see Inside Politics uh, uh, Sunday? Inside Politics. I didn't. I, I was on Zoom. Okay. No, okay, well, they were talking about. But they were talking about the candidates. You know who was running? They said that they, they said that Wendy lady. Uh, they said I think they said she was running also. But anyway, but they, but they went on and they were talking about their folks, and they said, well, they, they said, well, what was are Democrats going to mount a challenge? Because it seems like nobody. Da, 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 da. So, so what I'm telling you, we we have a great opportunity because because you know Beto announced. Look at Beto. Beto done announced, and don't nobody really care. 
right. he has announced? Did you say he has announced? Well, he's going to announce on the 13th. But yeah, you remember he did a pre. You remember he did a pre-announce and said he was going to be in the race. Yeah, I mean he did that part. Yeah, yeah, I saw that part, but I hadn't heard anything else since that. And he was, he said that I heard it from a group when he said it to a group of people. Yes, I'm group, just saying not, that not uh, nationally. So I'm just saying that the, you know the, 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 that the political uh, makers is what I'm just saying. The political people are basically I'm just saying that it ain't like oh Beto's in the race. Wow, it's like right, right. Okay, ho hum. And so, uh, you know, I don't know if he actually going to wind up. Somebody told me that McConaughey was going to run. I don't know if he's going to be an independent right. or he's going to be in the Democratic right. Party. But, Shirley, you know I got a tape, don't you? KBUE. You got to do what? Sure. A tape? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 A McConaughey. A tape? A tape of McConaughey? No, I didn't know that. You know that interview? <laughs> Oh, yes, yes, yes. He's, he's not going to run. His boogie is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. so, you know, the booger tape. Yeah, I remember. Pull the tape. Yeah, if you run, we're going to put out the booger tape. Okay. <laughs> That's his running mate. <laughs> exactly. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, let's move to the next proposition. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Let's the next proposition. Oh, boy. Okay, okay Miss Rihanna, we have night. another. All night okay. long. Okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, proposition four, I think. I think we were on this. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, SJR 47. The constitutional okay. amendment changing the eligibility requirements for a justice of the Supreme Court, a judge of the Court of Criminal Appeals, a justice of a Court of Appeals, and a district judge. What does this mean? The amendment would change the eligibility requirements for the following judicial offices, a justice of the Supreme Court, a judge of the Court of Criminal Appeals, a justice of a Court of Appeals, and a district judge. New requirements would include candidates should be residents of Texas as well as citizens of the United States. Candidates should have 10 years of experience in Texas as a practicing lawyer or a judge of a state or county court for candidates of the Supreme Court. Texas Court of Criminal Appeals or a Court of Appeals. Candidates should have eight years of experience in Texas as a practicing lawyer or judge of a state or county court for candidates of a district court. It would disqualify candidates if their license to practice law was revoked or suspended during experience requirement, and these requirements would be applied to individuals elected or appointed to a term beginning after January 1st, 2025. And it says against. Against, yes. Okay, so what are your thoughts on that particular one, uh, Pastor Cooper? Well, again, it's, it's trying to make it more difficult uh, for for that position, and, and and we have people out there that are qualified that mm-hmm. took longer to get through school and had less time on the books, 
So that was the reason why some of the group of folks that we consulted with talked about it, and it'd be less people, again, like Dr. Hagney was saying earlier, that's in these key positions, they're making it more and more difficult, more red tape. Uh, not that we don't want qualified folks, but still, it, it kind of goes back to uh, Governor Adams mm-hmm. sent back $2 billion worth of uh, funding to help renters assistance and other kind of other kind of assistance. When they make it the, uh, the red tape and, and, and keep moving the bar higher and higher and more mm-hmm. difficult, we have fewer and fewer minorities and women or minorities in those positions in key places. Yeah, it might, and what he's doing too yeah. is by you know by, by by doing that, they're basically freezing in place whatever's in place right, right. now, and then putting right. those qualifications on top of it, which, like you said, right. makes it harder for us to it, it, it makes it slow for us to even up the judiciary as far as like you know getting. Well, well, Dr. Hagney, uh, Dr. McKellar, myself in the middle of my PhD in education organization leadership with emphasis in Christianity. Uh, it, yeah, so so it, it took us long to get those degrees because we're, we're behind the curve for 250 years. Uh, you know, we, we had to do something different than what they're doing. There, there are more Caucasian females that are graduating with PhDs by the time they're 28 years of age. And I was in a, a, a private meeting at Lamar University with the president at the time, and he said, if I have to interview one more Angle, and he said it himself, different than how I'm saying it, a uh, female with a PhD with no life experiences, no experiences. Mm. You know, they meet all the qualifications. They're the perfect qualification, except for the fact that they lived at home all of their lives, never had a job, mm-hmm. never had to work, had everything given yeah. to them. I'm not saying that they didn't have to go study, but it's easier to study when you have a room to go study in, computer, Wi-Fi, yeah. everything, and don't have the stress and of working. And you're not flipping burgers babies, all night. Not yeah. flipping right. burgers, not working, the one, not working three and a half jobs, none of this stuff. And that's yeah. what is happening now, whereas we have a lot of attorneys. You go listen to their story. Uh, I know one that he, he was a postal worker uh, for 20 years and became an attorney after he was 38. 39. So um, they would oh, miss absolutely. these positions. Yeah, they would miss these positions. Yeah. So that's why we were against that. Well, you know, uh, yeah. Pastor Cooper, you, you, you're 100, and, and Ms. Brianna knows this story, but I can tell you I was 49 when I got my my, my See, doctorate in nursing. But know. here, but mm-hmm. here, and let me tell you what, it took three, three different times. The first time my chairman said, yeah, this is good, but you can do better. Now, I yeah. thought it was excellent, but, but it was my work. Yeah, so exactly. I, was I thought it was You know, and then the second time, Naturally. he said, yeah, well, yeah, this is this is good, too, but I know you have more in you. And the, uh, we're, getting an, we're getting an alert, everybody. Did you hear the alert? Yeah. And, no. and then I don't I don't know what the alert is, but I'm I'm hearing it on oh, my phone. Well, but that third time, well, so what am I have to cut your mouth that third time? Child abduction. Well, that, 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 that then that third time I said, you know, I was I was stationed overseas, and I said, you know what, I, this is all I got, and and I, and I said that to my husband, this is this is this is it. I don't have any more. I've researched mm-hmm. and I've researched and I've typed and I've typed. And if he didn't give me my piece of paper, that means he doesn't want me to have my piece of paper. And I was gone. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, and, and so he called my chairman. There goes the, the, the alarm again. Glenn so he Heights called. Uh, it's an Amber Alert out of uh, Glen Heights. Uh, that's right outside of Dallas. Yeah. 
uh, Glen Heights. So where are you stationed? So where are you stationed at? No, so no, and, and, well, I, no. I, I mean, I'm saying to myself. So I went and I gave him more, but that third time that I sent my paper in, I said I don't have any more. And so then I, like I said, I was stationed overseas, and so he called yeah. my my chair, chairman called my home and asked for Dr. McKellar. And so my husband said, do you mean Major McKellar? He said, no, I mean Dr. McKellar. And my husband said, you mean my wife passed? I mean, (laughs) your wife passed. (laughs) She is Dr. McKellar. And so so he received my papers and he received my uh, degree. They mailed it. mailed it uh, to him and uh, so and he never even told me until I got he said I wanted you to open your paper open it and see for yourself and read for yourself and all that and uh, and I did so and and the one that that approved you was was a black female no my whole entire board was all all white exactly Where was you stationed? Where you got the news? Yeah, you got the news. Yeah. I was stationed in Lonsdale, Germany. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. You know what? Well, you know, you, you, you know, he probably figured, hey, the Iraq war going on, all this stuff. Mm-mm. No, you made it, mm-hmm. baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and that that was over a span of because I I finished all my paperwork and all my classes and everything in 1996. So, the year that uh, Barbara Jordan was uh, late to rip. That's right. Yep. There, there was also a year to me. It was also a year to me and Man March. I was there. there That's you go. right. <laughs> I was I, I was running chasing that filthy lucre. I wouldn't go to the march. I said I can make some more money this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, we held it down. We held it down. We held it down. That's what I said. Arthur, I said that's exactly what I said. I said people like Arthur has this. I don't have to worry about it. And I looked up. And, and, and I looked up in, in, in 2017. I said, uh, uh, Arthur in trouble. Let me get the work. <laughs> <laughs> he needed your help, buddy. Yes, he did. Yeah. Okay. What's the next one, Miss Rihanna? Sure, you get that text I sent you. I'll take a look. Ms. Rihanna, can you read, unmute and read the next one? Ms. Rihanna still muted out or we lost her. I don't even know what number. Oh, she just sent me a message that we may have lost her. I'm sorry. Okay, then. All right, let me go to – she's muted out. Let me um, – what, where, what is the next one? Where did we stop? What number are we on, Pastor Cooper? I think it's uh, number five. Number five. Okay, so number five. Okay, number five says the constitutional amendment providing additional powers to the state commission on judicial conduct with respect to candidates for judicial office. Mm. We had a lot of judges and a lot of lawyers that come in and talk about that. So what that really means, Proposition 5, authorizes the Texas State Commission on Judicial Conduct to accept and investigate complaints and reports against candidates running for state judicial office. So we already know how that went, right? Mm-hmm. There's an inhe- 
They don't no, need a mopile, yeah. No, they don't. That's right. So obviously they don't need that, that's why we have no more power for them. No more powers. It says there is an inherent unfairness in judicial elections when a candidate runs for judicial office against an incumbent because judges are subject to the code of judicial conduct, but candidates are not. HJR 165 would enhance, would, excuse me, would ensure that judicial elections are fair by granting the state commission on judicial conduct the authority to enforce the same standards for judicial uh, candidates that they do for sitting judges, says Mm. Representative J.C. Jetter, Republican author of that bill. And Mm. obviously people voted against that. Why is every time we get ready to get them seats, they change the rules? They want to change the rules. They got to. They want to keep your, uh, your oppressor there. They want to keep some of you. You know, you know, you know. They say when you play marbles in your neighbor backyard, and you thought <laughs> it's all right as long as you don't you win fifty percent of the marble. But once you start winning more than fifty percent of the marble, you in his backyard, so he can change the rules on you until you change go home. Change the rules. Change the rules. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. I, only, I, I only gamble. I, I only gamble one time in my life for money, and then I and then I you know I, I was down in Houston and I won right. I, I won all this money. So you know oh. my thing is you know Grandma taught me right here. I'm getting up leaving. Uh uh-uh. uh. No no no. You got to get the money back. Yeah. So you know so I came back down and lost all the money I won and went on left. That's the problem with gamblers. And gambling, I should say, is that when you yeah. win, you don't know how to get up and walk away, right? Yeah, what I'm, saying that, is that, what I'm saying is that, what I'm saying is that, you know, that's the way I feel a lot of times in this system. You know, hey, even if I win, if I try to walk away with my winning, it's like, it's like, uh-uh, I'm going, oh, man, it's like that. So I'm just saying, it's you know, like that. I'm using that as a metaphor. And that's to, what they're saying. You know, they, want it. they want it to be like that. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, so we're against that. No no question. Okay, proposition number six. What does it say? It says the constitutional amendment establishing a right for residents of certain facilities to designate an essential caregiver for in-person visitation. Well, gee whiz, do, do we need the Constitution to help us to decide uh, what should happen with our loved ones if we're uh, we we are well, the overseers? Well, ahead. they do if they're not dying fast enough. I, I, you know, the state <laughs> might want to help them. Want to help them move a little faster. So, so, faster. so let me tell you what that that means. It, it says the amendment would allow residents of nursing facilities, assisted living facilities, or state supported nah, nah, nah. living centers to designate an essential mm. caregiver that may not mm. be prohibited from visiting the residents, even during a pandemic. Uh, that's what that actually means. Now, Overreach. that's number six, and, and, yeah, and they said against. Most people said against for that. Any comments? Well, have, we been for, have we been for any of them yet? Have we been for any of them yet? Oh, we, I, think you're I, think coming to, I think you're coming to the next one. Number seven, I think you're coming to, it says, Okay, 
the constitutional amendment allows the surviving spouse of a person who is disabled to receive a limitation on school board at veterans taxes on spouse's residence homestead if the spouse is 55 years of age or older at the time of the person's death. So in other words, if you, if uh, your military uh, spouse or your survivor, I don't think this is just military, though. I think this is just period, isn't it? Period. Hey, sir, it mean you can't have no young wife? Is that what they're saying? <laughs> well, well, no. <laughs> You know, you too much. So, so if, if, if a spouse passes away, they want to make sure that the living spouse still has. How old you got to be? Uh, how old you got to be? How how old does she have to be? It didn't put an age. Now that old. Oh, fifty five. Fifty five years of age. age of, yes, or older. So you can't have no young uh, wife, right? At the time, at the time of the person's death. Well, it's not. It's mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah, well, 55 is young, Mr. Arthur. That's that's not old. Well, no, I'm not talking about me. I'm 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 asking for a friend. No, I'm not. No, I'm asking, asking that. for I'm a friend. I'm talking about the at 55. Period. <laughs> it's not, so what? So what this, what this means is, <laughs> Mr. Arthur is way too much. It currently disabled individuals may apply for $10,000 homestead tax exemption and a limit on school district property taxes, uh, Proposition mm-hmm. 7, would amend the Texas Constitution to allow the legislature to extend a homestead tax limit for surviving spouses of disabled individuals as long as the spouse is over 55 years of age and re- resides at home. And, of mm-hmm. course, this is another bill. Uh, Jake Elvey, uh, a Republican, had this to say about the amendment. The surviving spouse of a disabled homeowner should not be saddled with an unexpected large increase in their tax bill. The only, that only magnifies the tragedy of the loss of their spouse. I'm, I'm glad he's making good sense here. And if mm-hmm. they are on a fixed income, it even further compounds their difficulties. If a couple mm-hmm. has a disability exemption for their homestead, when the disabled person passes away, the surviving spouse loses the exemption. So he's saying they should keep the exemption. And then I oh, think okay. that most of the public is saying that as well. So that is one, yeah. Mr. Arthur, that people are for that. Yeah. Okay. They fought. Okay. That's okay, good. so proposition. Any yeah okay all right good deal so then now Proposition Eight uh, is what it says is the constitutional amendment authorizing the legislature to provide for an exemption from ad valorem taxation of all or part of the value of the resident's homestead of the surviving spouse of a member of the armed forces. Now, this is the one. I knew it was one of them that was specifically for the armed forces, the, armed uh, for the forces, United States yeah. Armed Forces, who is killed or fatally injured in the line of duty. So what that's saying is, and it's similar to uh, Proposition Number 7, except it's specific to uh, military personnel. Uh, this measure would amend the Texas Constitution to authorize a total residence 
homestead property tax exemption for a surviving spouse of a member of the armed forces who is killed or fatally injured in the line of duty. Currently, the Constitution grants the exemption to the surviving spouse of a member of the armed forces who is killed in action. So I guess this is saying who is killed and are killed in action or in the line of duty. So even if they're killed and not uh, in the line of duty, they're saying that they should receive this. So that's obviously one that's far, Mr. Arthur. So seven and eight eight was far. And so those are the eight propositions that uh, that are get that are on our list. Okay, any questions yep. on that? Okay. Well, you got to do them fast. Yeah, I, I know. Well, yeah. it's good because it's nine. It's nine fifty. It's nine fifty six. So we're gonna run out of time. Yeah, we're pretty, 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 pretty out of time, Arthur, <laughs> because pretty. you're Tom Foolery. Your shenanigans. <laughs> no, no shenanigans. Just, just straightforward. That, that was great. Well, so we, we're really encouraging people to get out there to the polls to vote, and because it's important for us to vote every single time, right? It doesn't matter which election. And, and, and let, let's dive, since we're talking about elections, we have about another couple of minutes or so. Let, let's dialogue on this particular one. We know that that every year across the nation we have what's called elections in May and those are a nonpartisan are supposed to be nonpartisan elections those are city council elections that are going on so what the big discussion is is that wouldn't it be more economical for every single person to vote during the November election and then because you have a larger turnout uh, in November than you do in May. Uh, the, I think I, I probably was the first person that got as many votes during the May election as in the past because usually these elections with city council and so forth, they're won with 150 to 200 votes when you have 15,000 people in your district because you have to have at least 15,000 citizens. And let me just share with you, you guys, that I have the largest number after we redrew those lines because I said it doesn't make sense that on one street you have this neighbor over here in this block that can vote for one person, and then across the street they those persons in that house votes for another person. It's too confusing for for constituents to try to figure that out. I can remember when I was running this last time and people called me and they were very upset because they didn't see my name on their on the they they didn't mm. see my name on their ballot. They didn't see my name on their ballot because they were not in my district, even though they own the same street that I'm up and down all the time making sure that things are in place. So I I got what I was looking for and wanted and what I asked for. And I said, we have main thoroughfares such as Gentry Parkway, Front Street. Why don't we draw those lines across these main thoroughfares as long as we have 15,000 people in each one of the districts? So I'm the only one. I came up with 17,233 people in my my district, uh, Dr. Hackney and Pastor Cooper and Mr. Arthur. 
So, awesome. yeah. Well, Arthur, did you hear what she said? Did you hear what the doctor said? She went to her oppressed and demanded change and died. I sure did. By George, right. I did. What, what, what I, documentation? I was honored to be able to. I, I was honored to be able to be with documentation. That's right, uh, past, uh, uh, Dr. Hagney. But but I was honored to be able to be on the redistricting board to make that wow. decision because it's made. Oh, wow. The decisions are made in the city. And then the other thing mm-hmm. that I said, we had when we had our meeting this past uh, week, and there was one of our citizens that talked about uh, that how he wants to have a an Hispanic. On the um, on the on the bench with us, and mm-hmm. and I understand that. And so, uh, but I said my ancestors and our ancestors thought that District Two and Three would be for an African because all African Americans live in that district. Now we do have right. we do have some Hispanics that have moved in into our into this district. However, there's not a certain area where it's just um lots of Hispanics. Mm-hmm. There there's throughout the city. So it's hard it's pretty difficult to designate a specific area that you mm-hmm. can have a, a a Hispanic just running out of that area because it, it's just not that way. North Tyler, we know who lives in North Tyler, black people. We, but, we know who lives right. in Butler College and the West Tyler, and, 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 of course, Dr. Hackney knows these areas that I'm talking about. Yes. It's black people that live. Yes. I mean, we so in District 2 and 3, and that's when our ancestors, black people, fought our, our fathers, our grandfathers, and our kin people were downtown fighting at the city for, for black people to have a voice in this community. Hold on to the block. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's 10 o'clock. Do you, know, do you know where your children are? I hope so. Yeah. So, listen, guys, this was amazing. Thank you so much for going excellent. through the proposition so that, the, yes, it was excellent, so that people who are listening, in particular people here in Texas, because that is on the Texas uh, uh, ballot. That's all we have. We only have propositions this time. So if you have not voted, jump on out there. And uh, tomorrow the polls are open at 7 in the morning uh, to 7 in the evening. So get out there and vote. You can vote downtown, and there are other areas that you can vote. And you can vote in. It doesn't matter what what district you live in. doesn't matter what area you live in, a precinct you live in. You can vote in anywhere in, in, uh, in Smith County. So thank you, gentlemen. And so now we're getting ready to turn it over to uh, – to uh, Miss Rihanna so she can play our theme song and we can be out and be safe out there. Uh, wash okay. your hands, right. wear your mask, okay. and, right. uh, and get that right. booster right. if you haven't gotten that booster yet. That boost. Thank you, gentlemen. Yes. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Have a great evening. Thank you, and we'll turn it over yeah. to you, Miss Rihanna. Bye for now. One day when the glory comes it will be out, it will be out, oh, one day, when the war is won, we will be the heavens, no man, no weapon.
formed against Jeff's glorious destiny. Everyday women and men become legends. Sins that go against our skin become blessings. The movement is a rhythm to us. Freedom is like religion to us. Justice is juxtaposition in us. Justice for all just ain't specific enough. One son died, the spirit is revisiting us. True and living, living in us. Resistance is us. That's why Rosa sat on the bus. That's why we walk through Ferguson with our hands up. When it goes down, we woman and man up. They say stay down and we stand up. Shots, we on the ground. The camera panned up. King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up. One day, when the glory comes, it will be ours. It will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, no. Glory, 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 glory. Now the war is not over, victory isn't won, but we'll fight on. Every man, woman, and child Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd They marched with the torch, we gon' run with it now Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero Facing the league of justice, his power was the people Enemy is lethal, a king became regal Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego The biggest weapon it's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win the war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day when the glory comes It will be ours Good night.
Isn't that 